You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What's up, guys? It's Jessica from Geek Elite Media, and I'm here to rank the six Disney films that crossed the one billion worldwide mark in the box office. Yep, because Disney now owns close to everything, they not only seem to have a movie come out every other month, they have six films that crossed one billion dollars in the year 2019. These films are Disney Pixar Animation, Disney Live Actions, and Marvel. I probably will mention a few spoilers, so if you haven't seen Frozen 2, Toy Story 4, Captain Marvel, Aladdin, The Lion King, or Avengers Endgame, you have been warned. This list is not a ranking of how well they did with critics or numbers, but in my opinion of how I like the six films from worst to best. Coming in at number six in the, is the film that I really don't think deserved to reach a billion in box office, The Lion King. Don't get me wrong, I loved the original animated film. It was the first film I ever saw on the big screen, and boy, what an opening. An opening that wasn't as magical as a live action. To me, the live-action aspect of CGI animals with more realistic facial features and movement took away from the quirkiness that is animation. Sure, the film is beautiful, but the story fell flat, just like some of the voice acting did. I do understand. Beyonce is a queen, and she does have amazing vocal talent. Yet if Nala can't show over-the-top expression, then the voice acting needs to be really filled with emotions to make the lines hit in the feels. Beyonce just didn't have the experience of a true master of voice acting, and Nala really needed to pull some puncher of lines that ended up feeling more meh. I felt the same for other big-name actors that were voicing characters I loved from my childhood. Like, I did enjoy John Oliver as Zazu, but it did just feel like, oh hey, that's John Oliver playing Zazu. Plus, they ruined and shortened one of my personal favorite villain songs, and I just ain't cool with that. And Seth Rogen as Pumbaa was pretty legit, and the refreshed version of The Lion Sleeps Tonight was very good as well. Next up, ranking at number 5 is Captain Marvel. There's nothing wrong with this movie per se, just not my favorite in the Marvel Universe. Which sucks, being that her name is Marvel. I loved all the 90s references, and I'm all for having yet another strong female superhero that little girls can look up to, especially one that has an in-your-face attitude. It's more that just film, this film just came out a little too late within the Marvel timeline. I was already so invested in other superheroes of the franchise that quickly learning a new one before Endgame just felt a bit rushed, as if they needed to introduce Marvel before Endgame so that her sudden entrance made sense. Like, the meeting for Endgame went, What if Captain Marvel just swoops in and destroys the massive ship? And everyone cheered and yelled and went, Yeah, that'd be awesome! And then that one realist in the back raised their hand and was like, But... We don't have Captain, Mar Captain Marvel in the universe yet. And then they all sat back down in their seats and went, Well, now we have to add her in. Hmm, this is a good time to hit up that 90s nostalgia, so I say this is a win-win situation. The writing just wasn't as great as it needed to be to really sell me on Captain Marvel, and I wasn't too sold on Brie Larson's performance either. Although, learning the beginnings of Nick Fury was great. Number four is going to be Aladdin. To me, this is by far one of the best live-action adaptions that Disney has done yet, other than maybe the Cinderella one that came out a few years ago with Lily James, Kate Blanchett, and that dude that also played King Rob on Game of Thrones. He looked a lot better without the wolf head. Ooh, too soon? 
A new, more feminist-inspired Princess Jasmine shined in this film as a princess who was not willing to remain silent as the men in her life tried to shut her down. I, for one, loved Will Smith as Genie, and I also liked the introduction of Jasmine's quirky handmaiden played by the wonderfully funny Nassim Petrad. The one downfall, downfall I felt for this film was some of the editing choices. I didn't much appreciate the slight speeding up in some of the more action-packed scenes or the choice to have Jasmine sing her song as though she was in a time freeze. It kind of pulled me away from being engrossed in the story and brought me back to just sitting in a chair and watching a film. I mean, I get it. Aladdin isn't real. Yet I'm one of those people that when I'm watching a film, for those few hours, those people are real to me. And if your editing makes it too unrealistic or too, uh, filmy looking, I lose that connection a little. Still love the movie and the songs. And I gotta say it, I like Will Smith's version of Prince Ali more than the original. But Robin Williams is still the master of friend like me. Number three is gonna have to go to Frozen 2. I have to admit it. I like Frozen. I love Princess Anna to death. Disney finally gave me a princess that has bedhead, that is a total scatterbrain, that always charges in without a thought to do the next right thing, and that talks to paintings as if they are real. Anna basically is me. And watching Anna's anxiety over change in Frozen 2 made me love her even more. The adding in of mythology background, along with the song performed by their mother, voiced by Evan Rachel Wood of Across the Universe and Westworld, made Elsa's powers make sense to me, whereas they didn't in the first film. I now understand why she can bring snow to life. Idina Menzel nails two hard-to-sing ballads of songs. Also, this film is just beautiful. The water horse, the fall-colored stuck forest, all these beautiful outfits that are making me want to cosplay. Sure, the plot twists aren't necessarily surprising, but hey, it's a princess movie. It doesn't have to be complicated. Just look at the cute little fire lizard. And don't get me started on Kristoff's power 80s rock ballad that wonderful Jonathan Groff nailed. I laughed, I cried, I got jealous over animated fashion. It was a fun princess movie. Coming in at number two is going to be Toy Story 4. I gotta admit, I didn't want a fourth Toy Story. I didn't want to go through the pain again. I mean, we already suffered through Jesse's background story in Toy Story 2, then Andy saying goodbye to his childhood toys at the end of Toy Story 3, not to mention a scene a bit before that of the toys holding hands as they face their seemingly inevitable fiery demise. You know, it really seems like Pixar is really just geared up to make everyone in the audience cry because the last 10 of their films has made me bald like I was three again and I just broke my favorite toy that I got for Christmas from Santa. Well... Toy Story 4 got me with a newly designed and I gotta say classically badass Bo Peep. Plus, the introduction of the naive Forky learning his way on how to go from trash to toy was comical genius in my opinion. Just FYI, if you like Forky, you gotta watch the Forky Ask the Question shorts on Disney+. The new toys added in the story blended well with our well-known friends from the first three films. I especially enjoy Keanu Reeves as Duke Kaboom, a Canadian devil toy that can't make his jumps yet has all the right poses. Also, Key and Peele are always top comic duos, especially as fair stuffed toys that are stuck together. I enjoy a good villain that I can empathize with. This one, the broken doll named Gabby Gabby that I that just wants to be played with, voiced by Christina Hendricks. Still, I didn't need the creepiness that it was ventriloquist dummies. And yes, I did end up crying at the ending yet again, mainly because this one did feel like an ending. Whereas Toy Story 3 felt like a new beginning for our toys, this ending felt as though their story may be complete. You know, until Disney Pixar thinks of another way to make us cry our eyes out. This leads me to number one. 
Avengers Endgame. I mean, let's face it, we all were really invested in this movie. The build-up to this massive battle of all our favorite heroes going against the villain that basically already won took years in the making, and boy, was it worth the wait. I got everything that I wanted from this film and more. I mean, except for Black Widow's death. I mean, how dare you kill off the badass female superhero? How are you going to make this up to me? Oh, you're going to make Thor a woman now? Hmm. Okay, then. I guess that helps. I mean, at least I also got Gamora back. Kind of. Also, Paul Rudd as Ant-Man basically saves the universe with his idea, and I always need more Paul Rudd appreciation. Oh, and did I mention that there's a whole scene dedicated to the women heroes of Avengers? And oh, holy shit, is that Pepper Potts in a full suit just shooting people out of the sky? And whoa, where the hell did Valkyrie get her Pegasus? And can I get one? I mean, let's face it, this movie's concept should have been bad. You have way too many big-name heroes played by big-name movie stars sharing the screen. You have a massive over-the-top battle scene that somehow needs to make sense. Also, you decided to throw in time travel to boot. Yet it was well-written, mainly because it's been relatively well-written since the first Iron Man. This was what I dreamed of happening when Disney announced the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a film that had so much going on, yet since I was already knew everyone's background, since I had already been piecing up all of this together since the beginning, it was superb. I once again laughed, cried, geeked out, gasped in shock, and felt rejoiced that it all came together in the end as it should have. Which is why to me Endgame is the number one Disney film of 2019. And I'll end it there since I'm sure I can rave even more about this movie. So, there you have it. My opinion on how the six Disney $2019 billion grossing films should be ranked from worst to best. If you want to rank them yourselves or have your own comments to add to my opinions, feel free to send me a tweet at jmbaileywrites. Also, make sure to check out Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Until then, have a wonderful 2019 and beginning to your 2020, and always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast.